Hello and welcome everyone to episode 131 of the AppDVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and this week's episode will focus on the AppTerra news for the period between September 17th and September 23rd, 2023, which will be about the current United Auto Workers Union strike and what that means for electric vehicles. Hello everyone, I hope that you all had a great week. The main story this week is going to be a little different topic than one I usually cover, and I guess this episode will be a little different than usual, but it's one that I think is critically important for the electric vehicle industry, which is why I want to speak about it. And that's the current strike by the United Auto Workers Union, which has been demanding better pay, overall better compensation package and and benefits. And I wanted to speak about this for, well, for one reason, because I'm interested in the auto industry. I follow major stories as they emerge, and I like to talk about them from time to time, when they're, especially when they're relevant to Aptera. And it, one example is like the adoption of the North American charging standard. And I think that, it, I think this, this kind of gets into a bigger, a larger meta conversation that is very relevant to companies like Aptera and, and anyone who's working on developing electric vehicles, um, especially those who are working on it exclusively. And as I've been following the story of this strike, I've seen in a number of places the statement that the strike is really an under-the-radar conflict between auto workers and the transition to electric vehicles. And that's really what I want to talk about and, and I kind of want to try to dismantle. For example, or I guess a prime example, is that there's an article I was reading in the New York Times, which I'm not going to link to in the show notes because I, I just I think it's it's such a an overall disingenuously misleading piece that yeah, I'm not going to try to promote it, but it presents the shift in manufacturing from the internal combustion engine to batteries as a real sticking point for the United Auto Workers Union because when you talk about electric motors and batteries, there's just fewer parts in electric vehicles and it's threatening the long-term job security of auto workers. In that same article, you have the, the CEOs of Ford and GM who are quoted as saying that the raises that the United Auto Workers Union was requesting would jeopardize their multi-billion dollar investments in electric vehicles, which have been have long since been announced. The implication here is really twofold. On the one hand, it's that members of the UAW are against electric vehicles and the clean energy transition. And, and number two, from the perspective of those within the auto industry, these arguments sort of imply that electric vehicle manufacturing which would include companies like Aptera, is taking jobs away from auto workers because they just don't have as many parts. They don't have things like catalytic converters, mufflers, fuel injectors, etc., etc. And I think both of these claims are, you know, just misleading and, and really just an attempt by the you know those in charge of the auto majors in the United States to drive a wedge between auto workers on one side and climate activists on the other and thus shift public opinion away from supporting this you know this strike demanding better wages and compensation if you're concerned about climate change 
you're supposed to hear these, read these statements or hear these stories or, or hear people speaking. And you're supposed to think that auto workers are basically Luddites who are standing in the way of progress. You know, they are threatening investment in electric vehicles. Or if you're someone who's affiliated with, with the auto industry, you're supposed to think that environmentalists want to rob them of their livelihoods. I'd like for you to consider that that there are several reasons why neither of these positions are true. Now, I've made it no secret in the past that I'm not really a fan of the the major American automakers. And it's because they've really stood in the way of climate action for decades. In fact, I see that as a, a key point that really, you know, it just sort of undermines the arguments that have been put forward from these companies and, and, and analysts in these articles that are suggesting that the transition to electric vehicles is the underlying problem here. The, this, you know, this, I with the exception of Stellantis, which is also part of the strike, this isn't really about European automakers, but I, I think it's, it's instructive to think of the example of the Dieselgate scandal, where European automakers colluded to avoid competition in the area of efficiency, which would have reduced emissions, and they tampered with the emissions detection systems in their vehicles. And I feel like that's truly indicative. That's the, the right paradigm that you should be thinking about when you're assessing these statements from these companies about their concerns for the shift to cleaner, more sustainable technologies. They don't necessarily, they, they don't really have a great track record of supporting the transition to sustainable, to cleaner technologies. In, in fact, these companies didn't start acting on climate change and, and start working on electric vehicles at all until they were forced to by governments and also lapped multiple times by Tesla. In, in fact, the California auto market is is a, a huge segment in the United States and, a, and often a bellwether for what will happen elsewhere. And in the second quarter of, of this year, they were the leading automaker in terms of sales in California. In 2017, they, they were dead last in the industry. So in the space of just six years, and a purely electric vehicle company went from dead last to number one. My bigger point is that you should take the claims of the Ford and GM CEOs about the EAW strike and how it would jeopardize their investment in electric vehicles with with a grain of salt. If if the strike ended tomorrow, that wouldn't change the the regulatory environment that has excuse me banned the internal combustion engine in many places by 2030 and 2035, and it won't remove the profit motive that's driving the electric vehicle investments. These investments, by the way, are heavily subsidized by massive federal and state incentives that are helping Ford and GM to build battery production factories in the United States. They're not going to give up these subsidies and they're going to build these factories regardless of the strike. That's not even counting the electric vehicle tax credit that is incentivizing domestic production. Think of electric vehicles and batteries, which will help to subsidize the sales of electric vehicles. They're being provided with with all of these different incentives. Again, I didn't even mention the subsidies for the charging infrastructure that's being built. There are all of these things that are in, in place that 
you know, they will have written into, you know, their overall business model that they are money that they are going to receive if they make these investments. And the issue of the the auto workers, when you listen to them, it's it's also you don't hear anything about electric vehicles. What they talk about is their desire for increased pay and benefits. And and why do I think that they're, you know, and this is just me speculating here, but why do I think they're asking for for raises right now? Well, here are some stats from the three companies that are are affected by these strikes. Starting with Ford Motor Company, their gross profit for the 12 months ending in June 3rd, 2023 was over $25 billion, which was over a 9% increase year over year. In 2022, it was over $23 billion, which was also over a 9% increase from 2021. And in 2021, they had a profit of over $21 billion. That was over a 50% year-over-year increase from 2020. For General Motors, the 12 months ending in 2030, or uh, excuse me, June 30, 2023, they had over $22 billion uh, profit. That was over a 32% year-over-year increase. 2022 was almost a $21 billion profit, which was over a 17% year-over-year increase in 2021. They had almost an $18 billion profit that was over a 30% year-over-year increase from 2020. So in GM, they go 30% year-over-year increase to 17% year-over-year increase to 32% year-over-year increase. Ford goes a 50% year-over-year increase to 9%, over 9%. And Stellantis, it's a little different because you know the company as a conglomerate is a little bit newer, and so it doesn't they, they they haven't shared the information, or at least when I did the search, it wasn't as easy to find. But um, in in the first half of 2023, they 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 released a statement that they set a record for the first half of 2023, which was a 12 billion dollar profit. Uh, last year, they had a 16 percent year over year increase and a and a a profit of 18 billion dollars, and so. It, to, to sum it up, profits are up in the auto industry. These companies are doing well. And so the the UAW is asking for a better compensation package. This this is not this is not chess here. This this is checkers. It, it's not more complicated than auto workers see that the industry is thriving and they're asking for a raise versus auto execs who want a smaller raise and they would like to preserve higher profits for their shareholders. We don't need to drag the EV transition into this discussion and add this sort of nefarious explanation that all oh, you know really the auto workers you know they're concerned about EVs and 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 the the people who are running these companies you know they don't think that they're going to be able to make those those investments anymore. It's not it's just profits been up but been up they've been setting records in the last few years and the auto workers they they want better compensation. In in closing. I think it's important to recognize this narrative that's pitting the auto workers against climate activists for what it is. It's it's dividing groups, which is a a tried and true strategy when you're trying to stop change from happening. And one that we're going to see again and again, especially if you are concerned about climate change, you're concerned about this planet, and that's what what drove you to support Aptera. You're this is not going to be the first time where you are going to see things that are going to suggest that actually your enemy is is not the you know the companies that have been leading pollution that's destroying the planet in fact it's 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 just someone else you know there's someone else behind the curtain and, and so rather than seeing these arguments um for what they are which is you know you've got the ceos of ford and gm 
trying to come up with more excuses why the transition to electric vehicles will be difficult, something they've been that different the succession of CEOs have been doing for decades. I'd like to call them them out. You know, furthermore, support for a company like Aptera does not mean that you're destroying people's livelihoods, which is an you know, it's either an unwitting or maybe it's an ignorant implication. Maybe people don't realize that that's the argument you're making when you're suggesting that, oh, you know, the people who work in this industry, they don't like this at all and they're they're concerned about it. But at a fundamental level, a large part of the reason why I started supporting Aptera is that the emissions associated with the internal combustion engine are killing the planet and people. And electric vehicles, they help to eliminate that problem. So that that's just as, as a baseline when you're thinking about, oh, you know, this is... Um, this transition is, is bad. Um, but additionally, the massive technological changes that are associated with the shift to electric vehicles, as well as electrifying our grid and economy in general, which are a closely associated component of the transition to electric vehicles, they present a, a number of opportunities. You know, We still need to upgrade our nationwide char- charging infrastructure. We still need to build battery packs for a rapidly growing market of electric vehicles. We still need to figure out how to recycle different key components that are involved in the the, the cell production and the, the battery packs, as well as several other parts of the vehicle. And then when you look at the electric vehicles themselves and electric motors, they open up an entire new world of possibility for advanced driver assistance systems. That's that's an entire software side that cannot exist in internal combustion engine vehicles. You, you need the efficiency of an electric motor for for really for advanced driver assistance systems to work properly and that includes things like self-driving technology and these are all opportunities for gm stellantis they recognize these opportunities and they need people to work in jobs in these opportunities as they are being created and it bears repeating they have been subsidized by state and federal governments to do this already, you know that that's the part that really threw me through a loop. You know, seeing them say like, "Oh, you know, we're not going to make these 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 investments." It's like, "Oh, so I guess you're 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 not going to sell any vehicles then in California and the state of Washington and in the EU, and you're just going to give all of that that money back." No, that's that's not what's going to happen. And 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 I also just want to point out. Auto workers are not blind to the fact, you know, if you're a climate activist, auto workers aren't blind to the fact that that our current oil-based economy is not sustainable. They they're not thrilled about it about it either. They're not trying to ride this this sinking ship um, into you know a a, a burning uh, climate change um, catastrophe. We are all in this together, and and so don't let people take your eye off the ball so that you. You and encourage you to, to start attacking people who are trying to improve their working conditions and and you stop focusing on on protecting our, our climate which is what this is all about so I'll I'll, I'll step down from from my high horse um, um, with, with that statement And, and that concludes episode 131 of the App EVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting um, as as always. Um, you know that that was a little different, but it's you know occasionally something comes up that that I'm I'm really passionate about and and seeing this this sort of narrative as 
is we're, we're really on the cusp of a lot of changes in in the U.S. You know, there are a number of countries around the world that are, are further along uh, than the U.S. when it comes to transition to cleaner energy technologies. If you're talking about the EV transition and, and you're in Norway, Norway right now, you're probably seeing some of these stories and, and you're rolling your eyes and you think this is ridiculous. But at this critical point, it's it's frustrating when I see things where it just seems so um, transparently self-interested and and in a way that, that would really um, slow progress and, and, and cause a lot of disunity. And, and so I wanted to talk about it. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, you know, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. Aptera is, will be the most sustainable vehicle, the most efficient, the, the lowest polluting, the, the lowest emitting vehicle that, that will ever have been created. Um, I also include my referral link in the show notes which you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit for an Aptera. The AppDV's podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, which no longer exists, uh, but pretty much any podcasting platform, you can you can find it. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to appevspodcast at gmail.com. Um, Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place. Thank you.